All right, so we're going to be talking about one of the seven deadly sins today on What's Up with Pastor Chuck, and it's one that is truly deadly, but it can be a hidden sin that isn't always revealed. Now, sometimes it's very outward. Uh, one of the earliest uh, heartbreaks I had as a pastor is when I got a phone call from a couple that said that, see, that uh, child protection had just taken their daughter from them, and they weren't going to give her back until they accomplished something, clean their house. Uh, and then I, Pam and I ended up going over and seeing their house it was devastating. And, and you know what I want to say? Child protection did the right thing to take the little girl out. Uh, but a lot of times we're not aware of how often children are taken from homes because of a sin called sloth. Uh, and that can be a really, really bad thing. But that's not how it always is revealed. You know, so very often when we think of sloth, we think of messy or disheveled or, 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 you, know, uh, uh, or you know, horrible, horrible junk or whatever. And then there are people who are able to hide it like Tracy. <laughs> you know what? I think it was a, a, a kind of a, a self-revealing thing when you did the Enneagram. Because yes. uh, you wouldn't have called that your For sin, sure. would you? Yep, and I actually was, I did even when I knew that I was a nine on the Enneagram and saw that sloth was a sin, I was like, I don't think that's mine. That's my pride coming in. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the more I looked into it, it was, um, it, was in a, it, it was in my personal life. So in my work life, I would, I would say this and my family would also say this, that I never stop working. I love, I'm always checking my emails, I'm always responding, I'm always available. And so it's not a laziness in work, but I don't think that I am very diligent in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I talk about my sister a lot because she's my best friend, she's great. But if it wasn't for her, I probably would not have any friends. <laughs> I probably would not have, um, I would not be adventurous the way that I am. I wouldn't, um, I, I wouldn't own my home right now, but she's very much the opposite in me in that she's always pushing me out of my comfort zone. And you do this too. Mm-hmm. You push me out of my comfort zone, but my natural inclination is to stay in my comfort zone. And so I'm an introvert. I don't, I don't care to be around a lot of people all the time. And so I won't. Um, all the friends that I've had, it's, it's a discipline for me to cultivate that friendship because it's very easy for me to be lazy and just not, because I like being alone, I don't, I won't naturally reach out to people to hang out. In fact, I hardly ever do. And so for the, my friends that are tuning in, thank you so much for reaching out to me. <laughs> because once, I, once I'm there, I love it. I do, but I drag my feet. I drag my feet in my personal life. And in growth, I think that because I love being comfortable, it's comfortable for me to work and do the things that I enjoy. It's very hard if I know I'm not good at something to go after and do it. If I'm not good at it, it's hands off. And I think that you've seen that. I will self-report I'm not good at something, and so I just I don't want any part in it versus doing the work needed to become good at it. Mm-hmm. And so I've hindered myself a lot in that um, and stunted my growth a lot personally mm-hmm. in things that I just hands off. If it's not a natural uh, giftingness, then I won't go after it. Yeah, I um, uh, not knowing that was your issue, but because <laughs> Tracy's my assistant, uh, I often do push you into things. Mm-hmm. Like, and there are lots of times I'm like, oh, she won't like this, but I'm gonna have her do it anyway. <laughs> not because um, there isn't someone else who can. It's just I felt like that would be better for you because I care about you yeah. and I want you to reach your mm-hmm. potential. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate that because there are things. There are things that you've given, not, not necessarily asked me, but said, Tracy, um, I want you to lead out in this. And so it's one of those things where inside I'm like screaming no. Um, but outside I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> let's see if we can do this. But I appreciate that because I've grown. Working at the church last four years, I've seen myself grow because ministry is all about getting out of your comfort zone. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, there's, there's, 
there's no r real training in being an expert in certain things because you wear so many different hats when you're mm -hmm. in ministry to cover. And so I've seen myself grow these last four years, but it's been um, a love-hate relationship because, again, I, I hate not being good at something, and so I, I won't ever do the work mm -hmm. to be good at it naturally unless I'm really forced into it. And so my sister does that too. She loves to have people over. She loves to host, mm -hmm. and I, um, I hate it. <laughs> But I love that she gets me to do it because it's such a good it's such a good discipline and I mean we need to cultivate our relationships so Oh yeah you guys have probably uh, struggled when you've been trying to get people to take their next step and you find out the number one reason they won't take it's they're just lazy yeah. is that true or yeah. not yeah. yeah definitely I think uh you know being with students for the better part of gosh well, they're volunteering and being in the ministry full time for you know 17 18 years You've had, you've had a lot of, I've had a lot of parents come to me and say, my kid will not respond to anything. They're just, they're lazy. They don't want to do anything. And, um, and I think what I've noticed is that uh, what it requires is, first of all, the, a, a basic need for any human being is they, they want to be known. They want to be known by somebody and someone that's willing to take that time. Um, and I think parents do, um, but oftentimes it takes another voice. And so what I've seen is a lot of times it, it requires, uh, in my interactions, I need to figure out what makes them tick. Like, what is the thing that drives them? And so one of my top five strength finders is adaptability. And so I can meet somebody and I almost at an instant want to know, what are the things that you enjoy? Because I'm a natural learner. I want to learn about things that maybe I'm not necessarily good at. But what it does is it, it almost livens them up. And so you find the thing that excites them. And, you know, working with junior hires and high schoolers for such a long time, like sloth, like feels like it runs rampant. Um, and it almost gets sort of, you know, it's, a, it's almost, a, almost like a stereotype, like, oh, lazy, lazy, right. lazy kids, lazy students. Um, but, but I think a lot of times it requires... Um, to, to, really, to really find out and know, know them for who they are and find out what makes them tick, you know? To feel known and needed. Yeah. I think uh, for me, what I've noticed is that if I don't feel needed, I'll just shut off mm. and I will yeah. back off completely, like hands off completely. So I, I hate cooking. I like just hate it. If it was, if I lived on my, again, I love my sister so much. She loves to cook <laughs> and we live together. So praise God. But if it was just me, I'd live off of Top Ramen and those microwavable meals because cooking does not come naturally to me. I don't enjoy it. And so I have no business being in the kitchen at that point. I made a, I made a turkey sandwich and I came in and I was like, that was the worst turkey. How do you mess up a turkey sandwich? And I did. It was terrible. It was just the equation of, or the, um, too much mustard, not anyways. But I was like, I don't ever, yeah, my, uh, my balance was off. I was like, I never want to make a turkey sandwich again. And I haven't. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? I'm totally into cooking and I like to buy people gifts I love. And I know Tracy isn't, but this year for Christmas, I got her the coolest lodge frying pan with a bear on the bottom. And I actually I told her, you're going to hate the gift. I said, you're going to hate the gift. You're going to hate the gift. And, and so anyway. I love it. I haven't used it yet. Oh my God. <laughs> we're all, after this, we're all going over to Tracy's, okay? You're cooking. Okay, so here's a question for you two. I believe one of the biggest reasons we're finding people delaying getting into marriage, and I'm going to just say this because of guys who are lazy, mm. that, you know, uh, that, and do you feel like you're looking some, for a motivated guy and you don't even see him out there? For sure. It's funny. <laughs> My mom is so funny. She's always asking me, like, is there anyone new? Anyone new? And I'm, for me, I'm definitely not looking in this moment. I'm kind of just like, 
you know, when you're observing, you're not looking, but you're just observing. And she's like, well, make sure they know how to change a tire. And I'm like, what? Like, why is that the standard? <laughs> but so now inside of me, like, she's always raised me for that. So now I'm like, do you know how to change a tire? Do you know how to like, do this? Can you change a tire? Like, That's so funny for me. For a me, lot it's of a driving don't. stick shift. Uh, yeah. You can't drive a stick shift? See, and that was the <laughs> no, I learned to drive on a stick shift. So I think, right. and I grew up with, with my brother and my dad, and I was total tomboy growing up. So I think I definitely innately have that in me of this, like, expectation of a man to feel like, a man, and I'm feeling like I'm taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, so for sure, I feel like I have that standard and expectation, and, and I do see it lacking in this generation, for sure. No, and you do too, right? I do, yes. I think I... Go for it, girl. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Uh, I think it's been hard. Every um, interaction I've had with someone recent, lately has been what are your goals? I mean, for someone who struggles with sloth, at least I'm, I'm working towards something. Yeah. Mm. Um, but so oftentimes my interactions have been, what are you working towards? You know, what are your goals? What are your plans? And I feel like people are just kind of like, oh, wherever, you know, whatever happens. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why is that your plan? That's no plan at all. So it's been a struggle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Tracy, even though she says sloth is her struggle, and it is your struggle, you have your master's degree with no student loans. Mm-hmm. You own wow. your own home, oh, yeah. half acre of land. Uh, you know, um, nice. your car is paid off. <laughs> um, and you are incredible. You had a career before us where you were incredibly successful. You're incredibly successful now. And so... Um, I look at that, and I look how gifted you are, and to be honest, uh, one of our elders, Joe Vargas, said, where are the guys? Where are they? You know, and we look out. Where are they? So They're married. I feel like that's one that's of your biggest they're... ministries. If you could just get guys to go, hey, don't be lazy. Yeah. Be dil- they could be game. They could, you could soar, guys. All the guys listening. Problem is you're not. Yeah. <laughs> if you could change a tire. But would you say that's true, though? Yeah, I would say I talk to people, and uh, I'm like, where, where do you see yourself in two years? And it's kind of like, I don't really know. A lot of people are just taking life day by day, but like you're saying, there's not really goals in the way of like, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do with the career. It's more just like, I'm just going to go day by day and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And for you guys, you're like, no, I want somebody that's going to be able to lead me and say, hey, this is what I want to do. And here's where we're going. Because that's just, uh, you're looking at how he's going to lead you one day. Mm -hmm. And if he's just kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of hanging out here, you're going to be like, in marriage, just hanging out. But it's like, you want to see somebody that has ambition, that ha- has goals, that's like goal-oriented. Especially because I know, that my, I know my capacity to hold myself back. And so I really, I'm really looking for people, not, not a man so much as just people, friendships, you know, that are able to pull me out because yeah. I think that's important too, to know the people in your life and what they struggle with to be able to pull them out of it is good. Yeah, that iron sharpens iron. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the things that happens a lot for me, and I know it does for you guys, I'll have people come up saying, oh, I want to be a pastor. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I, get all, I always get excited, right? But then they'll see, so what do I need to do? And I start talking about the number of years of study, the number of years of school, the idea you got to get involved now. Like we never put someone in to be a pastor who isn't already serving. Yeah. Uh, they, but basically, they basically are basically, if you pay me, I will. Then I'm like, no, then you'll never be. But you know, I put in, you guys do too, 15, 20 hours a week per sermon. Yeah. 
Uh, I, you know, you, you got to study, study, study. And then have these people acting like, oh, I just want the title and somehow things. I'm like, forget right. it. Yeah. If you won't do the work, you'll never be able to do it. Yeah. There's a, a Malcolm Gladwell brought out something very interesting, by the way. It's called the 3000 hour principle. And that is that everybody who's great, including Michael Jordan, Andre Agassi, all those people, they've studied them. They put in a minimum of 3000 hours to be great at what they did. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so no matter how gifted they they were, it didn't come without the work. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to something I always love to tell people. The number one reason people fail in going to counseling is because they don't do what the counselor says. Right. Would that be true? Totally, yeah. I just said, if people listen to what I'd say, you know, they'd all be better. I tell you, your, your best thinking got you in here. Listen to this change and you'll get better. And they won't. Mm-hmm. It's true. Here, I did what he said. But here's the, thing, <laughs> here's the thing of slothfulness that I think is important. The, the analogy is a slothful person is like an elephant. Not in size. But an elephant does exactly what an elephant wants to do. And no one can make an elephant do anything but they know what to do. Yep. But here's the cool thing about someone, an elephant, that when it, gets, when it really wants to do something, like education or something like that, nothing will stop them. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so, the, so the sin of the slothful person is that they only do what they want to do. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and to stretch them to do something else, like be social, something like that, it takes someone else to come do it, but only if they're inviting them. Because right. uh, you can't make an elephant do anything. Uh-huh. And that's the problem with, with some of the kids. You yeah. can't make them do anything, right. but you've got to find what is that right. passion that they yeah. have they could unleash that. Because it's typically yeah. they're not, because slothfulness also seeing lazy. It's not necessarily lazy, it's stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do yeah. what I'm going to do. Eyebrow <laughs> <laughs> raised. I think you could be stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so crazy that this generation has just moved so much towards that. I feel like there wasn't that much of that in general, like in, in your guys' generation and mine, I feel, because I'm like on the cusp. I'm like right <laughs> on the year between millennial and Gen Z. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy though, like how, what but happened? That, but, but I think that's part of the spiritual transformation. What we're seeing, we're seeing a more spiritual, I believe, dull world. And so what happens is the, the light is being taken out. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I was very passionate about what I was doing in college, seminary, and all those things, very passionate. And you don't see that. Right. It's like, I'm going to school, why? Because I'm going to make money. Okay, and so it's almost like there's a dullness, and that's yeah. where I think the Holy Spirit wants to see the excitement of like I'm calling you to ministry. Yeah. Get excited about that type of thing, and so the slothful, the slothfulness, I think, is more of a generational sin because number one, you can be slothful now and still be okay, right? Right. But you're miserable. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think that elephant illustration is a really good one because you know to try to get an elephant to move <laughs> is right. really hard, but. They have so much power. Yes. They have so That's much that potential. they can accomplish they in life. Potential. Yeah. potential that yeah. Do they use the potential? Yeah. And how to get them to use that potential. Get between an elephant and its young, and you'll see their potential. Yeah. Right. Everything. Good. You know, and that's kind of how it is when a passion, so... Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that um, I actually, David was my mentor in, in counseling. And so my main go-to is called mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. And so I used to almost always teach uh, mindfulness. And I'll, I, I love it. Like, it's my favorite session. So I'll get them in there, and I'll take them through it. And they immediately will go, oh, I do see the benefit. Then the next session, how'd you do? Well, I didn't do it. Next session, I didn't do it. I'm like... Come on, because the study shows it works if you do it. Right. Like, right, there's no doubt. It actually 100% works if you do it. Yeah. But the vast majority of people, I'm going to say, I'm going to go 95% won't. And then once you do, 
it cha- it's a game changer oh, yeah. for them. Which, by the way, is something we want to be able to help you always see. Because every time there's a weakness like this, you can have a strength. And the Bible says we were, born, we were uh, in bondage to those inclinations until we became a Christian. Now, that doesn't mean you're not in bondage anymore, but it means you don't have to be. It means you can change. And I love what David said. You can be an elephant that's exerting power to knock down forests and overcome challenges and have an elephant family, uh, or (laughs) you can not do anything. So we want to teach you how to do something. So don't miss this weekend when we talk about what will make a difference so that you can actually live that life that God wants you to live. And instead of sloth, you'll find yourself practicing a, a virtue called diligence. And so it's, and it's awesome. It's wonderful. So we'll see you then. And can't wait to see you next week on What's Up with Pastor Chuck.